Hello, I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. Samantha has a foot that's asleep. <laughs> and this is Reaper. And this is, wait, what? what is it? <laughs> and you're listening to. <laughs> and you're listening to. Reaper Tales. There we go. <laughs> and today I'm going to tell Samantha about, about the dogs barking in the background. Oh my gosh. That maybe. Um, one of them's name is Pierce. I have notes here. He is a spaz and he, never mind. No, that's not what we're talking about. Today, I'm going to tell Samantha and you, dear listeners, about AI. And when I, bef- before we go into the next part, I want to premise this by saying I'm not going to teach you AI. I'm not going to teach you how to develop AI. I'm going to tell you today about like why we all fear AI. And how AI can be beneficial to us as a society and how it is currently being used uh, detrimentally in our society. So that you can make an informed opinion on how you perceive AI. Hopefully. Hopefully. But before we get started on that, Samantha, what are we drinking? Because you didn't know what the topic was. I just texted you and said. (laughs) We haven't done that in a while. Find a drink pairing for this because today I actually had to go get headshots because I got in trouble for having a potato wearing a crown as like my profile picture at work. I am going to, sh- by the way, you have to send me that picture so I can share it on social media. And that's going to be the main <laughs> picture for this episode. <laughs> it's so funny because like we're we're getting audited and my manager like texted me yesterday and he was like, I need your headshot. And I was like, what are you talking about? My headshot. Well, what I did a few years ago, like four years ago was like, I went to the back end and I deleted like my profile picture of me. I, and before anybody gets on to me, I didn't delete the one that's in the security portion. It was just like the generalized pop population can go on our internet and search me and they can see like a, a headshot of what I look like. Apparently this is like an audit audible, like, thing and when they come in and they audit you they need to be able to see what you look like and you're like who's this potato no literally it's just a picture of a potato <laughs> and so what i did was i uploaded a picture of a potato wearing a crown because i am queen of the spuds i don't know why i did it i i don't even <laughs> no i don't i don't remember my reasoning behind like why i chose that but he was like we try to use the picture that's on the internet, but it's a potato. I was like, oh my God. Oh shit. Okay. So I had to go get like professional headshots. <laughs> Anyways, all that aside, what are we drinking? Samantha? I'm glad you asked. I had to have professional headshots done not too long ago too. Um, so we are drinking the electric synapse and it is two ounces of gin, one ounce fresh lime juice, one ounce Thyme infused simple syrup, one sprig of fresh thyme for garnish. You're going to put it all or uh, in the shaker. You're going to put the gin, the lemon juice, and the thyme infused simple syrup. You're going to fill it up with ice and shake vigorously until chilled. Strain the mixture into a chilled cocktail glass and then garnish with that sprig of thyme. And it's actually really bright and pretty. It always, when you use like time infused stuff, it always is. It's like bright green. Cheers. Cheers. 
Because I think we used it on something else, and I can't remember what it was. It might have been the one with Kate, uh, Kelsey. I think where- it was. Didn't it have absinthe in it, too? Yeah, and she used, like, the – it was, like, a piece of grass or something like that. That's all. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A piece of grass or – yeah, it was something like that, I remember, because we, we took a sip and we were like, that's going to be hard to drink. It's Yes, it's going to be very hard to drink. That absinthe is going to last a while. <laughs> absinthe is hard to drink in, in the it, best of situations. It really is. We've had it for, like, 10 years, too, so I don't know if absinthe goes bad, but uh, – it's liquor. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, this is why we need to have Kelty on here to do the like edit and she can just be in the background. <laughs> she can be like, yeah, it was this episode, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Cross reference. We need to have a guide. We really do. This one. Anyways. All right. So I'm not going to name all of my resources for this episode because it's like two pages. I'm going to put them in the show notes. Um, and I implore you to go and look at them, especially when we talk about this topic. AI is a very touchy topic, especially like right now. It's very topical. Um, yeah, I'm in the financial industry, so it's it's a hot ticket item for people pretty regularly, both on the investment side, whether they do or don't want to invest in AI or whether they're primarily concerned how much AI do we use with our company um, in making different types of decisions or building portfolios, et cetera. So it is a conversation that I've had quite a bit over the past six to 12 months. Yeah. Well, and I do want to say like, I, a lot of the show notes are written from my own experience. I do like reference a lot of like articles because I wanted to ensure like my own thought process was correct in what I was going to say. Cause I don't want to like give an, and I'm not going to give an opinion on AI in this. I want to inform you on like what AI can do for us as a society and what it can do in a negative way. So just keep that in mind when we like talk about this. So we're going to discuss factual things. Yes. Not leaning ideally. So also forgive me. I, I get to give my opinions all <laughs> the time because I'm not the one delivering this episode. <laughs> exactly. And you're also not the one who uses AI regularly anyways oh no not for my work but definitely for fun okay look i'm not going to say i'm an expert in ai however this is going to be a like more informed topic that i can talk about because i do use ai almost every day in my job i help develop ai i implement ai like in what i do I use AI every day. So I can give a more informed opinion about it when it comes to developing an implementation. But when it comes to things like ethics, ethical use of AI and stuff like that, I can give like my thoughts on it, but I'm not going to be the person that you want to get that information from. You're going to want to get that information from somebody who is like a, that's almost on my husband's side more, the security yeah. side of it. And not just like security side of it. You, 
when it comes to like AI and you're talking about what we're going to talk about today, you want to get it from like a securities person. You want to get it from somebody like me who can program it and implement it. And you also want to get it from like a um, psychologist, a socioeconomic type person. Like you want to be informed on like the impact of something that is as big as AI is and how it can impact our society and is currently impacting our society and how we can alleviate that. Anyway, like I said, I'm not going to go into like details on how AI works and all of that stuff. I'm going to give like a brief overview on what AI is, kind of a little bit of the history, not a lot of it. So don't like jump off because I'm going into like some details. It lasts, there's just a little bit of information there. Didn't want to go into a lot of detail. I was going to cover, and I do want to say, like, I was going to cover one case of a missing person. Like, we were supposed to, like, record last night. And there was actually a warrant served on that case, like, just this week. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. And this this is what happens, especially when you cover, like, cases that are unsolved. We will go to, like, record And I will, it's notes that I've written like weeks before and I will go to check to see if there's any update. And if there's an update, I'm not going to cover it because I don't know what they're about to find, where they're about to search, all of that information. So I didn't cover that. And I went to research another case and I realized like I'm not in the headspace to cover an actual like criminal case right now. And I was like, you know what, let's cover something that's pretty topical right now that is impacting us a lot. And that's AI. No, Um, I'll say too, for that, like we are attending a lot of different seminars. Technology is obviously something that my firm thinks a lot, very proactively about. And they try to jump on options for technology to try to stay as up to date as possible. So we've had a lot of discussions around AI, not using it per se, although it would To some extent, it can be very useful, but basically the summation of where we are right now, as far as in the financial industry is the easiest way to put it is AI is only as useful as your ability to ask the right questions. Yes. Um, So if you don't ask the right questions, then you're not going to get the answers that you actually need or Mm. ask them in the right way. Very true. In a lot of ways, very true. And it depends on the type of AI. And we'll kind of cover that. Like I said, this is not going to be like a boot camp. I am not going to teach you about AI. Hey, we're going to Snapchat AI did a bomb job helping me update my resume. All I got to say. (laughs) Really? I didn't use it. I I had it write a cover letter for me. And it was just the Snapchat one. I'm not going to go into all the fancy ones. But it did really good. I read the cover letter. I just made a few edits here and there that didn't actually work with what I my experience is. And I was like, that sounds so much better than anything I could come up with. <laughs> I'm just going to take this and use this. And then I said, okay, well, update my resume. Here's here's this information. And it wrote it out. I'm like, all right. I just saved myself $100 from having a resume writer update all this mess. All right, I'll take it. So oh. I mean, it definitely has its uses. Well, and that's where we get into the ethics of it. So, Well, but I'm not putting anything in there that's not accurate. I'm taking the yeah. inaccurate stuff out. Well, no, no, no. It's it's not it's not just that. But well, and we'll get into it. Okay. So, 
what is AI or artificial intelligence and why is everyone so afraid of it right now? I'm going to give you the definition and a brief history, like I said, of AI. Um, Again, I am not going to go into deep details on it, as well as we're going to discuss like the ethical dilemma with AI and some very scary uses of AI that have come out recently, like what has happened with AI and why you might want to be afraid, but not like in the way that you're probably thinking you should be cautious, not necessarily afraid. Now, I was going to use the definition to explain, um, or I was going to use the definition and explanation given on IBM of what AI is. I like it a lot better than what you find on Wikipedia, but I like it because I understand a lot of what it's saying and a lot of it's technical. So I'm not going to use that. I'm going to use directly what Wikipedia says about AI because it is true and it's digestible. So if you feel like checking out the IBM definition of AI and like their goals to do with AI, I'm going to link the IBM definition in the show notes. Um, anyways, so from Wikipedia, artificial intelligence or AI is the ability of machines to perform tasks that are typically associated with human intelligence, such as learning and problem solving. AI applications include advanced web search engines, such as Google search, Recommendation systems that are used in YouTube, Amazon, Netflix, TikTok, anything that you go on, they're going to use what you are looking at to recommend you something else. Understanding human speech, such as Siri and Alexa. Self-driving cars. We're not going to shout out anybody in that. Uh, generative or creative tools such as chat GPT and AI art and competing at the highest level. And this is probably what impacts you in strategic games such as chess, but is also used in the, it's also used in processing like statistical analytics and, you know, all of that nonsense. Artificial Model analysis, all that. Yeah. It, it's the same model. It's just taking it from like a thought processing, like gaming environment to like, I don't know, whatever they do on Wall Street. Artificial intelligence was founded as a, an academic discipline in 1956. And there's, I'm going to also put some stuff in the show notes that talks about like the start of artificial intelligence and like the thought process in it and why people were starting to do it. It's a fascinating article. Again, I'm not going to talk about it. We don't got the time. The field went through multiple cycles of optimism, followed by disappointment and loss of funding. But after the 2012, but after 2012, when deep learning surpassed all previous AI technologies, there was a vast increase in funding and interest. The various subfields of AI research are centered around particular goals and use of particular tools. The the traditional goals of AI research include reasoning, 
knowledge representation, planning, learning, natural language processing, perception, and support for robotics. And just like as a note, the major ones like I use are natural language processing, planning, learning. So there are like, you can incorporate them in like different ways. General intelligence, the ability to like solve an arbitrary problem uh, is among the field's long-term goals. The sol- to solve these problems, AI researchers have adapted and integrated a wide range of problem-solving techniques, including search and mathematical optimization, formal logic, artificial neural networks, and methods based on statistics, problem <clears throat> statistics, probability, and economics. AI also draws upon psychology, linguistics, philosophy, neuroscience, and many other fields. And just so like, I know anytime we talk about like anything that starts with neuro, because it's like our brain, like that's what we immediately think about. When they're talking about like specifically like artificial neuro networks, they're not talking about like chips that go in your brain and things like that. They're talking about your uh, noise canceling headphones. That's the artificial intelligence that they're specifically talking about. Those headphones have AI in them that are able to pick up on certain sounds and not the sounds of people's voices. So you can hear people talking, but you don't hear the other noises around you. That's the type of like AI that that's talking about. They're not, they're not talking about putting chips in your head. I, I went down a rabbit hole on TikTok and they, people were saying things like these neuro AIs. And I was like, bitch, no, listen, Uh, the amount of times I wanted to like stitch these TikToks and be like, listen, here's actually what it is. But then I was like, there's no point. These people actually believe what they're saying and they always will. There's nothing I can say. That wouldn't download Facebook messenger because it had access to your camera. Yes, exactly. So just anytime you see like neuro in the front of anything, uh, especially when it comes to AI, it's probably not what you're thinking. Will it eventually get there? Maybe, uh, probably, but currently, um, nobody's putting a chip in your head. Nobody's putting a chip in your vaccine. You're fine. Just, you're fine. On Wikipedia, it explains what the different forms of AI are, like I just lined out for you and what they're used for. I'm not going to go over all of them. The gist of this information is to tell you the goal of AI. And the goal, depending on where it is being used, is typically to find a way for machines to solve problems for us. And I'll give you an example of this. Let's say, and this is 100% what I came up with to explain how AI can be used in your everyday life to help you. And I don't know why I went with this when I could have gone with something as simple as Alexa doing my shopping for me. But anyway, bear with me. I did it this way because it is similar to something that I've done at my current job, but I can't say what that is. And so instead, I used a turkey. So let's say you're, the look on your face <laughs> <laughs> <Is it that? laughs> I just wish that this sounded crazy to me, but 
Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Keep going. Proceed. It, in, when I was writing it, I was like, this is fucking gold. And then when I was done and I went back and I reread it, I was like, there were so many options here. <laughs> there were, there were so. I can't wait to hear what it is. And then I can be thinking the whole time there was this option. There was this option. Yes. Go ahead. So let's say that you have a turkey roasting in an oven and you want to ensure it is cooked 98 to 100% perfect. In, in order to do this, and look, I've never roasted a turkey. I, I, I have a feeling I'm going to know that by the end of this I, analogy. I don't <laughs> know how to cook. This was a, this was a terrible analogy. But I, di- I did it anyway. So we're this just... one of those late night ADHD. Yes. Writing. So let's say you wanted to be between 98 to 100% perfectly roasted. In order to do this, you need to ensure the constant temperature inside of your oven is the exact temperature that you need. The moisture level of the turkey is constant and the moisture level of the oven is constant. Terrible analogy. But let's just say that all of this works the way it needs to. Okay. Okay. Well, we're living in a dream world. Let's let's go. Living in. I have never again. I've never. Oven temperatures do not stay the same. They fluctuate uh, a lot. They don't. Okay, but let's say that that's exactly what you need it to have. That's what you need okay. to happen in order to make a perfect turkey. Live living in a dream world, my man. Roast bags, the turkey bags. You can stick it in. Helps ensure that kind of. <laughs> kind of happens helps seal in the moisture keeps the temp a little bit more normal just that so i have roasted a turkey (laughs) i can tell um again terrible analogy so (laughs) instead of getting this bag that you can roast a turkey in you decide to slap some probes inside of the oven some sensors more sense And you put them also in the turkey (laughs) and you send the data to a computer that has taken the information on the perfect way to roast a turkey and has learned what that is. This is only getting more and more funny as we go, but keep going. Now, it's ensuring it meets the parameters it has already learned. And let's say that the temperature has dropped in your oven. The computer would recognize this and potentially, if it was set up this way, be able to adjust the temperature itself or inform you that the oven temperature needs to be raised. You do know that's how an oven works, right? <laughs> all, all I'm saying is... Also, like, I feel like this is exactly how Paul would figure this out. If he had to roast a perfect turkey, this is exactly what he would do. <laughs> Paul and I are like these same people, except I'm more eccentric. Okay. He's when he listens to this, he's going to be like, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> I don't understand the problem. He's going to understand. I'm, <sighs> okay. This, that's how you roast your turkey. Well, you say I've cooked a million turkeys in my day and I know how to cook the perfect one myself. I don't, obviously. Samantha does, obviously. What you can account for, however, is interference or the unknown. Say your power goes out, you're not there, you're roasting a turkey, your power goes out, 
and cut your oven off, you're not there to like turn it back on. And there was some, or there was some kind of like moisture left in the oven, not accounted for. It can affect like the way that your turkey is. I don't know if that affects the way a turkey is. I'm just like, there are variables that can affect the outcome of a product. I I hate I use the turkey. Like <laughs> you had to use like the one thing that goes into a device that actually does a lot of the things that you're going I, with. But I, I understand I the premise of the of, I understand the concept. Of the you're you're feeding work. data into something yeah. that can actively look at it and say, okay, and make adjustments needed to is, yeah. bring it back to an equilibrium. Exactly. The AI is there to ensure you aren't constantly having to use human intervention to ensure the product, or in this case, our turkey comes out perfectly. That's what AI can benefit us as a society. So, I mean, it's taking it a step further, like going from having the old ovens that were basically like wood burning stoves where you had to constantly feed it with wood and there was no way to keep a a constant temperature and there really wasn't a great way to even measure the temperature. So at best, you might get one that's done. How well it's done, I don't know. And how good it's going to taste, questionable. You'd kind of figure it out after years and years and years. But now we have ovens. They can actually sense the temperature when it gets too low. It turns the element on that raises the temperature to a certain level, probably above the actual temperature that you need. So that way that when it regulates, for the most part, the average temperature is the temperature you're looking for. It's not exact, but it's better and you're not having to manually do it. This is taking it a step further. Yeah, it's a it's a very it's going to be a smaller margin of like temperature variation and like moisture density that you would get. If you had something like that in place. Also, it's apparent. I didn't know how ovens worked. Uh, shocking. <laughs> oh, my God. You know how to cook what you need to cook in the oven. You don't know how it actually does the thing. There That's we go. That's fine. Um, so, this is... I know why I use this analogy. Because it is directly related to hungry. something. I, I did. Well, I was probably hungry. I'm always hungry. Um... It was directly related to something I did at work. Um, you cooked turkey at work. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I cooked. I I didn't cook anything. I was helping people ensure that something was cooked properly. And in this instance, having like a moisture change or having like a humidity change, having like an air pressure change, having temp- any of that kind of thing can affect and it like a small margin can affect the outcome of the product that is being made. And we're, we're talking like, well, we're talking more like say a product, whether it's like an Amazon product where you don't want to have a lot of errors because when it breaks, it costs you money because then you have to replace it because when you made it, you made one small error. And so then it had a defect and then you had to replace a whole batch because that defect messed up everything. So it costs you money. Something along so, those lines. For some reason, I use a turkey. Um, do with that what you will. Uh, and now everybody knows that number one, I don't know how to cook a turkey, <laughs> and I don't know how ovens work. You're hey, welcome, Renee, the appliance re- repair tip. There we go. Teach you a lot. Uh, of stuff. Uh, yeah. You- so we we learned a lot. Keep going. Great. This is an example of a. I'm going to loosely say this. 
This is an example of a real-life usage of AI. It's not. It's not. We discovered that. Um, but poten- potential, you know, maybe. I can't believe you used one example that I could actually understand how a machine works. Because I, I don't understand I, nine-tenths of them. But that one I actually do know. <laughs> a little bit, I just, at least. I do what I do, and I give no excuses for it. <laughs> Uh, so this is not a real life example, but I wrote that it was usage of AI and how it can benefit us in our everyday lives. Cooking a turkey isn't the end of the world if you don't get it right, but having a perfectly cooked turkey ensures that you don't have to find something else to eat that day. It lessens the stress on you and allows you to do other potentially more important things. Well, I mean, like you said, I think Alexa would have been a good option or or anything along those lines where maybe you order groceries every week and it starts to sense, okay, well, you use this this often. Maybe you only need to order this much every week. Then you'd have a consistent amount. That sort of thing where it's actually like seeing your variations and then telling you what's the best way to do it. That's kind of how I was thinking about it as you were talking about it, like giving you those helpful adjustments to whether it's with budgeting because that's where my mind goes is with the finance aspect of it um figuring out your expenses and how you can save here there everywhere whatever because you have bumps and lows let's get this relatively level like stuff that you don't necessarily see or you ever even think about but it might notice depending on how it's applied does that make sense no yeah that's a great a much better example of the use of AI. And it's actually a a use that is currently implemented. If you shop for your groceries on uh, Amazon, like any, I used to order all of my groceries on Amazon. So every week I'd go and I put my order in, I don't do it on Amazon anymore. I do it on like um, uh, Instacart. But every week I would put in an order of like the mini cucumbers because that's what we eat as snacks here. Um, we eat a lot of those cute. Like, we have a problem. But <laughs> it's still to this. I haven't ordered groceries on Amazon. But it's still to this day. Every week will automatically put a thing of those cucumbers in my grocery shopping cart on Amazon. And I'm like, I don't even, like, order groceries. on. But it still you does know it. you like these. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was probably a better that was a better um, explanation of it. Anyways, when <laughs> Jesus, are we going to talk more about the turkey? No, we're not. Okay. Um, when Checking. used in when used in an environment in a work environment, it can lessen the burden put on everyday employees. All of us have menial tasks that we have to do in our jobs. I've seen this play out in a detrimental way, especially in the financial environment where the finance employees who should be spending their time analyzing financial needs in a business end up spending most of their time creating, adjusting, and maintaining reports to report on it and not actually making informed decisions on these reports. This is another great use of like AI. If it's something that you're going to be talking about every month, it can create the report for you based on the needs that you need. But a lot of our finance people in the working 
industry aren't doing that. They're the ones who are creating the reports. So these are some great representations of how it can be beneficial. There's also benefits to using AI in research, whether it's in the medical field or in like any type of research field, science research, whether, you know, any type of research that you're doing. As humans, we are limited on the amount of knowledge we are able to store in our brains. Some of us, me, lose information almost immediately upon receiving it. My brain is not a storage facility. It is like, just, you told me something, it went away. Eventually, one day, I'm going to remember it. I don't know where I stored it. I think it's my butt. Honestly, because out of nowhere, I will give like stupid, I will give very informed facts about something. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Anyway. <laughs> this is like, Paul will do that every once in a while. We'll be talking about something. He'll go, did you know? And then he'll spot off this random fact. And I'm like, I didn't. Thanks for that information. He's and always. You're welcome. I heard that on a podcast. I don't remember how long ago it was. That's like all almost every single time he heard it on a podcast, like however many years ago. He's never been able to use it until today. But the subject got brought up and he was able to deliver that message. And I was like, I my life is now more fulfilled. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. I'm so glad that we can benefit you in that way. <laughs> Uh, boring i'll tell you that much (laughs) your brain's ability to store information is limited to the storage capacity while this is true for computers as well unlike ourselves we can upgrade storage and processing in a computer you may be an expert in a field and know everything that there is to know on a topic but your ability to process this information in a timely manner will be limited where computers processing power isn't Also, your ability to continuously update is limited. There we go. So why is that important? Well, say you're a doctor. And we've covered this. Like, I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor. But let's pretend for right now that we're all doctors. Like, don't actually, like, go and be a doctor. Like, I mean, if you want to be a doctor, like, go and be a doctor. But don't pretend to be a doctor when you're not a doctor. Except for, like, right now for the next five minutes. Use your imagination. There you go. You have a patient that has symptoms you've never seen before. None of the tests you've run show anything concerning. So now we're patient, house. Okay, got it. I <laughs> literally, <laughs> you like you you got to it before me. <laughs> but the patient is on death's door, and Doctor House is also not available. <laughs> You basically described the free episode of that show. (laughs) I know. The amount of times I've watched that show. You have maybe hours to save their life. A computer with the ability to retrieve all and any information in the medical field could find a correlation on the symptoms faster and potentially get you the answer you need to treat a patient in a life-saving situation. This is another example of how AI can benefit. Well, and one thing that I will note in here, because it's one thing I've thought about in that situation specifically. And one thing that I've heard is a downfall with the medical profession, but not everybody, but a lot of them. 
because of the sheer amount of information that you're given as a medical professional, you have a tendency to disregard or downplay certain bits of information that you do not feel are relevant or are not as important in the current situation, which means you don't pay as much attention to some of that information. Whereas if all of the pieces of information that may not seem relevant or important from the beginning are put all together at the end, which is kind of the point of that show, because he he finds those like little nuanced pieces of information that nobody paid attention to, right? So something that is not predisposed to do that and would take all of the information that had been gathered, again, assuming all that information is given to it, but it would take all that information and view it all as relevant to find a possible solution to see if it all fit together. Whereas as humans, we do have a tendency to be predisposed to what's relevant and what's not, and maybe not paying attention to all the pieces of the puzzle. Well, and we're also like predisposed to like negative interactions with people. We're predisposed to things like racism and like that affects like our opinion and the, the ways that we interact with a patient. If we're a doctor, we're still a doctor for like two minutes that impacts the way that we diagnose and we treat and we interact with who we're interacting with in the community. If you have something that is, and I'm, again, I'm not giving my opinion on this. If you have something that is just taking the simple facts and it is giving an informed opinion on it to the best of its available knowledge, you're going to get unbiased opinion. That's the an unbiased opinion. Yeah. There we go. You're going to have something that's going to give you information that you need, which again is simply Google. You can Google literally anything and Google in and of itself is an AI. All of that to say is AI can benefit us in many, many different ways. Um, but you might like be asking yourself if what I said in those examples are true, why is there such a fear of AI? It seems like a beneficial step in the advancement of our society The answer to that question is complicated, to say the least. It goes back to the ethics of AI and really our own ethical responsibility and reasoning when it comes to implementing anything that is going to further the advancement of society as a whole. Computers are programmed to function in a certain way. And this is literally what we said, but this is in my notes. Computers are programmed to function a certain way. They are told to do something and they do it. Humans, however aren't. Since humans are the ones creating the machines, the machines can learn now to, like computers can learn now too. But the fear is like, are the, there's a couple of different fears around it. But one of the major fears and Ex Machina didn't help us in any of this, like oh my god, sentient computers, sentient like AI, they're coming for all of us. But the fear is like, we have a fear in our society of each other. And we fear the ethics behind who is creating this program. Are they programming it in an ethical, responsible way? Or are they programming it in a way that is going to negatively impact us as a society? That is one of the major concerns when it comes to AI, you don't know. You don't know who the creator of this is. So you can't say if they're 
reasonable or if they're not, if they're going to be ethical, good, whatever, when it comes to this. For this next part, I'm going to talk about concerns of job loss to AI and the impact on the creative community. Then we're going to cover some very pretty terrifying and dangerous uses of AI. We can't talk about AI without talking about the fear of it taking over our jobs. There are some great articles on this topic, and I've, again, put them in the show notes. Um, But I don't have time on this podcast to go over all of them. The topic of AI taking our jobs away has been front and center for two decades now. In the early 2000s, there was like this mass media outpouring of like charts and graphs and somebody got a hold of like an Excel spreadsheet. They learned how to put graphs in it and they were like, AI is going to take all of our jobs. And then they just put it up on Fox News and up on ABC and they were like, by 2010, none of us are going to have jobs. That was a huge concern in the early 2000s. They said robots were going to take all of like the skilled labor jobs that like none of us were going to have jobs. It was, it was a huge concern, but I want to, what I want to point out. And again, this is, this trend is starting to happen again. If you look at like media articles now, when it talks about AI, you're going to get more of like an 80% find on like AI is detrimental to our future and like AI is going to take our job. Like it's the same pattern that happened over 10 years ago. And there's, there's reasons behind that. Um, You can come to your own conclusion. If you do the research yourself, I'm not going to tell you what that conclusion is, but if you look at Currently, what, like, what our society is doing as far as, like, employment, most companies are understaffed, and unemployment rates are at an all-time low. Yep. So, that's why your inflation rates are so high. That's why inflation, yeah, inflation rates are so high. One article I read made a great point that companies such as Starbucks, which shame on Starbucks, which is really struggling to get the workforce they need due to unionization of employees, which Starbucks needs to do the right thing. They need to pay their employees the wages that they need. They need to give them the resources that they need, which is more employees and assistance and things like that. They could actually benefit from AI. AI could manage things like scheduling and complicated drink orders, allowing the employees the time and resources that they need to complete the task of making the drinks and their customer-facing experience. But instead, they're trying to retrieve all this data from the outside source. They're trying to organize it and get it out the door. But instead of companies utilizing something like AI, using it as a co-pilot to employment and making employees' lives better, they're they're just pushing back on their employees. I would argue that they are using AI because you can use the app. 
You can go onto the app and it will tell you what your last order was, your most recent order, your most often ordered, what orders are most popular at the Starbucks closest to you. So they are using it. They're utilizing it to bring customers in and to get orders in. What they're not doing is they're not utilizing it to make their employees' lives better. Exactly. There is a difference. They're using like consumerism-based AI instead of, you know, employment-based AI, whatever. Workforce AI. So again, we can say for sure AI won't take away, I while I can't say for sure AI won't take away your job that you are currently doing today, it is a newer technology and we just don't know what the impact of it will, will be. We can say that the introduction of, I can say that the introduction of AI has and will continue to create new jobs while you no longer may be inputting data into a database because a machine can do that for you, the market for programmers and implementers for this technology is growing vastly. Okay. But what about skilled labor? Will robots equipped with machine learning technology be able to take over my job as a welder or as a retail worker or as will will that take over my job i don't jesus christ why did i put that in there i don't want to be a computer geek too late but go ahead <laughs> but anyway the answer to this is probably not going to be an issue again i can't say it will ever come to pass but a robot is never going to have the skill and decision-making power to do what a skilled labor labor is capable of. In my opinion, this is probably the only time I'm going to give this opinion, an opinion. In my opinion, and many others who are much more, who are much more smarter people's opinion, that probably won't come to pass. Because you have to think about like skilled laborers. And I go back to like the welder uh, situation. Welder, welding, welding people make a good amount of money. And there's a reason behind that. There are so many decisions that go into the process of welding. And it can be a, within seconds of an opinion, like decision making process that you need to do. But if you tell a machine learning robot to go and do that, they're not going to have the nuanced thinking power to say, this is doing something that I don't like. Let me change what I'm doing. Things like that. AI, I don't believe, in my opinion, AI technology is ever going to be that advanced where it's going to take away skilled labor. You can't replace something like that. And that's a lot of people's biggest fear when they talk about AI. Are they coming for my job? So the short and long of it is, some of it is. Some of it definitely will. Some of it will impact, especially industries like the finance industry. It's going to impact the finance industry. But the finance industry, it's so full of intelligent people that should be making decisions based on what AI is doing for us instead of doing what AI could do for us. Yeah, so. Give me more time to talk to more people and help them develop their financial plan rather than me having to arrange their portfolio. Exactly. Um, I love this quote by a neuroscience news article that sums up this, this fear right here of itself. 
Quote, the fear of AI often boils down to the fear of loss, loss of control, loss of privacy, and loss of human value. The perception of AI as a sentient being out of the human control is terrifying, a fear perpetuated by popular media and science fiction. Which, science fiction, you're reading that because that's what you want. The media has a bigger responsibility to fact check what they're talking about. Do they? No. (laughs) No, they don't. But also, that goes back into AI. Whatever the media is feeding into the media itself, AI is going to pull in and it's going to learn from, depending on what type of AI it is. So there's like this circle of, if you're only getting reports that people, that black people are robbing places, which is what they only report on, then that AI is going to be inherently racist because our media is racist. That's how that works. Well, and and take into consideration, because this is something that my company has been talking about a lot, specifically in the finance industry, obviously since before this, but specifically in 08, it, we got a lot of dishonest and unethical practices publicized because that's what was going on, because they were allowed to do that and things were allowed to slip through cracks. Think about how AI could change that. It could take out the option for that unethical behavior. It can organize a portfolio based on the information that we give it based on the conversations we have with a client. So that way, they're, they have no incentive to create a portfolio that's going to generate the most revenue for the, per, for the financial consultant that gives it the information. That's not going to be an incentive of it. Its only incentive is going to be to build a portfolio that works for that client based on the answers that the client provided. That's where we're going. Like we're going more and more towards that. Um, And that in turn means we develop a relationship with the client. We talk with the client. We find out what the client actually wants, what their goals are, where they feel comfortable investing in, et cetera. We give that to this platform and it tells us this is the best thing for this client based on the information you've provided and based on markets being what they are. That saves us a week of time of putting together stuff and figuring out what works for this client and then also having to worry about is this really what's best for the client or am I at least partly skewed as far as my salary is concerned mine is not I don't get paid commissions but a lot of advisors are so that takes out that uh, that possibility for an unethical behavior is it possible that they'll find a way to be unethical sure but it takes it's taking out yet another opportunity for that so yeah. there are that those positive lights. Could it be skewed? Yeah. But also, could it be positive? Yes. I think it's a lot of it is just how you look at it and how you approach it. It really is. And they've had a recent survey that came out that said like something like around five. It, it was just something I glanced at because I was like, that's, that's so stupid. Like people aren't well informed on this topic. But it was like something like 5% of people only 5% of people believe that AI could benefit us as a, as a society. Only 5%. I was like, that's because pe- when you look at the way that the media reports on AI, it is constantly negative. It is constantly negative. And they're usually only talking about a very specific or nuanced side of it. Exactly. But you also have to think about, like, first off, the media that you're consuming and why are they only talking negatively about it? So 
everything I've said so far has been in sort of a positive side of AI. But there are real-world negative impacts of AI on society. One of those is playing out in real time for us is the use of generative AI. And if you're on TikTok, you've probably used it. Generative AI or generative artificial intelligence is artificial intelligence capable of generating text, images, or other media using generative models. Generative AI models learn the patterns and structures of their input training data and then generate new data that has similar characteristics. This means if you have used one of those filters on TikTok that has you enter a prompt on a video and it changes what you look at or your surroundings, this is a generative AI. But that's just like a fun filter that I use to make my dog look like a mushroom or make me look like a pinup person, right? How can that be detrimental to us? Well, I'm so glad you asked Samantha. (laughs) I didn't have to. (laughs) I'm sure we've all seen the writers and actor strike playing out in the media. It's because of generative AI, or that's a huge sticking point for them. One of their main ones. Generative AI is starting to make strides in Hollywood. There is a very real concern of this technology using actors' likeness and generating movies without the actor's consent and without them being compensated for it. There's also a concern that technologies such as ChatGPT will eliminate the need for writers on movie sets and television sets and authors. Black Mirror did a great job of making this concern digestible for everyone in their latest season of the show with the episode called Joan is Awful. If you haven't seen it, it takes an average everyday person. (laughs) I know it's awful. And creates a show based on her life as she's living it out in that moment. So it's like real time. Um, It's terrifying. It's a terrifying like representation of what this technology is capable of. That was like a really good. I can't believe that. Well, I can't believe that Black Mirror came out with that episode. Like, because they would have had to have filmed it, what, a year ago? Mm-hmm. So they knew. They oh, yeah. knew. And from what I can see, and I didn't, like, put this in my, my notes or whatever, but um, they knew this AI was coming. And the reason, like, and I can't talk, like, in a super informed way on it. It's just, like, what I skimmed and what I saw. They knew that this was coming and that's why they started using generative AI when they did. And that's because I think it's the SAG after whatever union group, they have to renew their unionization every three years. And they were right at the point where they had to renew it. And that's when they were going to start releasing like usage of generative. It was very insidious. It was very planned. And that's why you're seeing like a lot of the striking and things like that. And so my thought process when I was like reading up on all this, I was like, this sounds like a lot like that episode of Black Mirror. 
And when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, they knew. Like, everybody knew. Like, everybody knew that this was coming. It's been known. It's not surprising. Not really. Yeah. And that's, like, why Black Mirror did, like, what they did. Well, I can't say 100% that's why, like, what they did, what they did. But it's, it's very, it's so strikingly similar to what is currently happening that uh, I have a feeling that they knew. So all of that to say is like, they're taking people's likeness, like actors, skilled act people who have been acting their entire life. This is their livelihood. This is what they do. And they're taking their likeness and they're creating AI that can do that without having to pay an actor. And in fact, they're not really having to pay a programmer because a programmer programs the program, it learns, and it develops it for them. Flat rate, here you go. Do what you need. So, Which makes me think that there's going to be legislation that's going to have to be developed eventually to protect people's uh what's intellectual rights as well as you know their image image rights like just in general there there are already like lawsuits currently in the works uh people like sarah silverman who are currently suing these companies for intellectual property rights and things like that like you can't use my voice you can't use my likeness you can't like there are lawsuits in the process. I wouldn't be, I'm not going to be surprised when this comes through with regulations and things like that. They're already talking about it. Not just here. They're talking about it in Australia. They're talking about it in the UK. Like it is a global concern at this point. This is where you're going to see like a lot of the ethical dilemma come into play. Is it really ethical for us to use AI in a creative industry? and? This is not only impact, it doesn't only impact like creative media, you know, TVs, movies, things like that. It impacts several other industries, such as like the gaming industry, which the gaming industry of itself is like a beast. They were never ethical, never have been, currently aren't. That industry, awful. We're not talking about that today. Anyways. It also impacts independent artists and creators. Why pay a graphic designer or a musician when a computer can do it for free? And that's when you said you had uh, the Snapchat AI do your cover thing. I was like, um. In fairness, I've actually already (laughs) paid somebody to do that. This was to edit what I already had. But I I get it. But at the same time, think about this too. Um, how long have recruiters been using AI in order to search people's resumes, cover letters, et cetera, in order to find the quote candidates they're looking for just because they're looking for keywords. And we didn't know what those keywords were, but I'm pretty sure AI can figure out the keywords looking that are being looked for in specific positions that you're looking for and can thereby change those resumes or cover letters to reflect that and help you to get a job that makes more sense. So that could be dangerous and helpful at the same time. 
but how often have recruiters been using that and also using it to the detriment of people that were very qualified for positions, but because they didn't have those keywords, were never even considered. Valid. Very valid. What I can say on this topic is whatever is in my resume. <laughs> you have all the keywords. <laughs> I have all the keywords. Like currently the job market is after whatever is in my resume. I li- Every day I just want to print it off and burn it because I'm like, I don't, I don't, please stop calling me. <laughs> that's, that's all I want. <laughs> so, but very, very valid, like, point on this. Um, and we're get, we're going to kind of talk about, like, our impact and our usage and, like, the ethics behind it when we get to the end. Now, that we've moved into, like, the impact of generative AI on the creative industry, this AI also has and could continue to be dangerous and life-threatening. I don't want to be one of those people who, like, cat- catastrophizes something. Unless it's just, like, I'm hungry, you know, I'm going to catastrophize everything. It's just who I tired. am as a person. Or I'm tired. Or I'm overstimulated. Like, there are specific situations. Anyways, um, but this AI has been used in detrimental ways against the everyday citizen and is currently being used. Um, it has also been used in efforts to influence international warfare. I'm su- like, I thought you were just going to be warfare. What? Uh, I'm waiting on you to go did on. You, did you say warfare? I did. I did say warfare. Um, been asking yourself questions this entire time. Well, all of a sudden, are you waiting for me to give? I didn't, well, I was I was waiting for you to be like <gasps> warfare. Like, I'm sorry. Give me yeah. a minute. <gasps> what? Thank you. Oh my god, that is all <laughs> I'm looking for. Uh, yes, yes, I said warfare. <laughs> I'm glad we played that out. Uh, there was a. I'm wide glad league. you're glad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There was a, can you tell that my medication has worn off? Yes. There was a widely shared and debunked, later debunked, video circulating in 2022, last year, in which Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky appeared to tell Ukrainians to, quote, lay down arms. This was a generative AI. We don't know who implemented it. We don't know who created it. We we can guess. But it was created. It looked very real. And if you have a country that is under siege and their leader, ruler, whatever is telling them to do a certain thing, it can impact what is happening. And I, okay. All right. Let's take it. Let's, let's pause for a moment. This ain't new. Dictators, other countries, they've controlled the way that the media reports things or even pretends to report uh, something that's not true. This is just another way for them to try to control a media and convince a co- country to do something. Like, this is not new. This is just the newest version. Ah, I'm so glad you said that. Uh because it's gonna, it's like gonna come up in like what I think at the end. Not my, that will be my opinion. Anyways, you're right. You're 100% right. Um, 
hell they do it in the u.s right now i hate to break it to (laughs) y'all yes uh a lot of this is going to come down to and again i'll I'll talk about this at the end but a lot of this is going to come down like ai in and of itself is not a harmful technology the harm comes in in the way it's implemented in the way it's used we as a society need to stop looking to other people to fix our problems. And we need to look at ourselves and implement ways to fix things and vote on things that are going to fix things that are going to be more ethical, that are going to be more beneficial to society as a whole, not as an individual consumer, not as an individual person. Because what may benefit you, say, financially, which is a lot of, like, I mean, capitalism at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to vote to enhance access to things like AI because they can make a lot of money on it. But at the end of the day, is that going to be ethical? Is that going to be beneficial as a society as a whole? Because what good is making a lot of money for 20 years If at the end of that 20 years, there is nowhere and no way to make any more money. That's the thought process that I have when I think about like decisions that we make, especially when it comes to advanced technologies. We have a responsibility as a society to make informed decisions. And the reason like why I kind of like harped on the media a lot is because the media is feeding you information that is going to get you to click on it. AI is going to take your job. AI is going to, you know, all of this stuff that's going to get you upset. It's going to get like this fire in your brain to click on it. And all they want is for you to click on it. They want you to be on their website for a certain amount of time. And you're going to read that information. And all that information is, is the sensationalized misinformation of it. Or some of it is informed information, but they're only feeding you what they know you're going to consume. Instead of you going out and saying, okay, This sounds really bad. Let me go out and see if it's true. What you're looking for, the term you're looking for is confirmation bias. There we go. That's it. All of that to say, this is confirmation bias. Anyway, (laughs) you may not, (laughs) Jesus Christ, you may not be from Ukraine or think that this specific instance impacts you wherever you are. But the threat of generative AI on a singular level with people is just as detrimental. It has come recently in the form of scam calls. In one reported instance of this being used against an individual, a woman named Ruth Card received a phone call from what she thought was her grandson, Brandon. Brandon told Ruth that he was in jail with no wallet and no cell phone and needed cash for bail. So Ruth did. Ruth and her husband did what any grandparents would do, and they rushed to the bank to withdraw money for Brandon's bail. Thankfully, at the second bank, there was like a daily limit, so they had to go to a second bank. The bank manager pulled them into his office. There had been another patron who had gotten a similar call and learned that the eerily accurate voice had been faked. I actually I had a client that had this exact same thing happen. It's it's happening more and more. And I want to point out, too, that this AI can take seconds to clone your voice. 
Some places I found it was like three seconds and some say 30 seconds. This is not a technology that I've ever developed, used, or implemented. Like, don't know it. But either way, it's a very small sample of your voice is needed to make a clone of it. If you have a TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, or God forbid, a podcast, it can clone your voice. But what it can't do is clone your attitude. Truth. That is <laughs> truth. It can, Jesus. It can also get a sample of your voice from answering your phone to a scam call. So when you get those calls and you answer it and you say, hello, hello, and nobody answers, they could, I'm not saying that they are, they could be scanning your voice patterns. Google screening service, baby. There you go. You got to look into ways to protect yourself or just do what I do and don't answer your phone. Of course, if you have a voicemail, they can still get it. Nay, nay. I don't have my voicemail set up. <laughs> it is the robotic lady. Uh, stick with a robotic lady um, and don't record your name on it. My dad does that. I, I don't have any option. I work in an industry where people have to be able to get a hold of me, so it's not that I'm scared. I'm just lazy and I'm forgetful. So That's I've 100% true. never said it. <laughs> While that alone is a terrifying example of generative AI, there is a larger, more nefarious potential to this technology. If a small sample of your voice is needed to create a call that seems real and it can create people's likeness from a small sample of images, enough of a likeness to cause a threat to actors, any of that stuff, the potential to use this against individuals is a major concern. If someone wanted to create a video that showed you doing something horrific in order to blackmail you, the options are available. There is also a very real, very disgusting and harmful use of this technology playing out in the child predator community. And I'm not going to go into details of this and I did look into it. You can research it if you want. But yes, that community is using generative AI. They're taking pictures from social media platforms of children and they're using it in the ways that you think that they are. And they're using it in ways to groom children. And it's disgusting. So there are real world implications, like real threats as a society on how we use this. So I've given you how it can be beneficial and I've given you how it can negatively how it and can be abused. impact our society. So with all of that said, I've given a lot of my opinion on it. What's your opinion on the AI? I think AI is the latest technology and just like every other technology that's come before it, it's neither good nor bad. It's useful. And whether it's used for good or for evil is based on who's using it and how it pro and how they programmed it. So I don't distrust the technology itself. I distrust the people that are in the driver's seat, so to speak. Um, and I think all that means is we should hold those that are in the driver's seat to a higher standard, just like we do with any other type of technology. 
Yeah, it's it's the same thing as it's in my business. I it used to be we were held to a specific standard in the financial industry. Well, you know, obviously there were a lot of people that didn't do that. So then it got set to a higher standard and now we're at an even higher standard because of recent regulations. Does that mean everybody follows it? Absolutely not. Does it mean that that's stuff that we should have been doing decades ago? Absolutely. Some were. Most of them weren't because they weren't being made to or there wasn't a regulation telling them to. So until regulations are developed to give rules, there are always going to be people who are going to push the limits to find the most profit for themselves. And even when there are rules, there are always going to be those that are going to be going around those rules to try to get profit from other people. It's us as a society. It's our responsibility to hold those people accountable, hold our people that are supposed to be holding those people accountable, hold them accountable. If it's your job to enforce this rule, then why aren't you doing your job? You set the rule, now now enforce it. And if you can't enforce it, then obviously there's something wrong here. You should fix that. That's your job, not mine. Yeah. And like I said, I think it comes down to, like you said, like I said, I think it comes down to the ethics of the people who are using it, implementing it, programming it, all of that stuff. It, it comes down to us as a society to ensure that we're not just like benefiting on a singular level from this. It has to be implemented in a way that it can benefit society as a whole. A car in and of itself is not a bad thing, but it can be used for negative and evil things or it can be used for good. It's yeah, up to I, the person driving it. I uh, I was gonna write out I was gonna write out an analogy about like something else that seems not nefarious, and it was gonna be about scissors. I was like, the creation of scissors was great. Like we could cut up stuff without having to. And I was like, bitch, the amount of people who die from being stabbed <laughs> in scissors, like, you can't use. Like I'm just terrible. One of the first rules you learn when you're growing up is don't run with scissors. Yeah. So maybe let's not use that. I'm not great at. it. You're not good at analogies. I'm not good at analogies. (laughs) But uh, all of that is like to say, like, the responsibility of the use of it comes down to your own, like, ethical seesaw. Moral compass. Yeah, your moral compass. Do you feel that? watching a movie that is created 100% by AI, knowing the fact that the actor's likeness was stolen, knowing the fact that those actors weren't paid, do you feel like, do you, are you going to be comfortable watching something like that? Are you going to be comfortable buying a piece of art that was created by an AI, knowing that the style and the theme was stolen from another creator that worked their entire life for it? And for those that are going to have the argument of, They make millions of dollars. They don't need that money. That's a big person. They won't even notice. It doesn't matter. It's intellectual property. It's their face. It's their voice. It's still wrong to use it without their permission and to thereby profit off of it without giving them anything. There are no big and little losers here because it starts somewhere. And as long as you say that this one's okay, where does the line get drawn? When is it all of a sudden not okay? It's okay for them, but what about the next person and the next and the next? Because that's how these things happen. As a society, we get desensitized because it's never all at once. 
it's little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit until it affects you. And then all of a sudden it's not okay. So don't let it ever get to that point. And yeah. it's, it's not fair. It doesn't matter whether they're earning millions and losing millions. It's the fact that it's just not fair. That's not how it should work out. Yeah. They're, they're on like hoarding of wealth is a different topic in and of itself. Like if you're doing a job, it's set in stone that you should be paid a certain amount of money for that job because the industry developed an environment for for your experience and and your expertise. That is what your capitalism has made it where people get paid a certain amount of money for doing something. We have set the standard for this and I'm not saying that we need to keep it that way by any means, but that's a conversation about wealth, capitalism, things that we're not going to talk about. This is specifically about, your own ethics about con- as a consumer consuming information that is stolen, consuming things that are st- because at the end of the day, it is stolen. It's intellectual property. It's your likeness. If you go and watch Joan is awful. If oh. you are walking around living your everyday life and a show is all of a sudden made about you, That's your intellectual property. How are you going to feel about that? You're not benefiting from that financially. You're not benefiting from that in any other aspect. And in fact, it can be detrimental to your life in society. And what about a situation where an actor or actress refuses to work with the program because they don't believe in it and it's not something that they want to support and then it's used against their will on something that they're very adamantly against? And then social media or public attack them for them supporting it, even though they literally didn't, and they had their intellectual property stolen and used against their will. That's basically the Netflix episode. But I'm just saying, like, that's what we're talking about here. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just that the company's making money. It could be making money on something that that particular person specifically said they refused to do. And then they just did it anyway. So that's where the problem lies. It's, It's just them having that ability and they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be able to, like, cash you in something and do something with your likeness. Nobody should be able to take who you are as a person and put it into anything media-wise that makes it look like you're doing something that you never approved of doing by any means. Whether it's a movie you would have acted on anyways, or whether it's you chopping the head off of a person like nobody should be able to do that but with this technology how many stolen accounts are on tiktok where they're making money off of these creators and they're literally just stealing their content yeah it's the same thing and you yeah those tiktok talkers have like managers and lawyers who go after those people like it it's a problem intellectual property is a problem and i a lot of a lot of this has to do with scamming and what i've seen especially with this whole like hollywood thing is the hollywood industry those big production companies they're making it real apparent that they are scammers at the end of the day and that's it all they want to do is make money they don't want to create jobs. They don't, they hold a giant portion of this country's wealth and they don't want to let it go. They never have. 
So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, we will. So that's AI. Um, that was I, a, a lot um, of stuff. So good job. <laughs> I hope it was entertaining. I was real worried about doing this, but I was like, I think people need to know. I think no, there was a lot of know. information. It was very well-rounded the way it was delivered. Um, the turkey bit was the best part, but thanks. In my opinion. Um, but no, seriously, you did a great job. Um, very informative, very interesting, and very timely, I think. And very scary. It can be very scary. It can be, yeah. Find ways to protect yourself. I'm going to have resources again in the show notes. Go check those out. McAfee actually has an entire portion of their website dedicated to generative AI and how to protect yourself. So the, the malware protection that's on your computer and all that's McAfee. They're doing the Lord's work. Um, <laughs> go check them out. They'll be in the show notes. No, <laughs> Anyways. Interesting. They're not paying us for that ad. That They're was, not. That was free um, of charge. McAfee, if you want to pay us in <laughs> malware protection, I'll take that. Uh, That'll work. Let us know. Reach out to us. Uh, She'll probably ignore your email. <laughs> I'll probably ignore your email. You can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Reaper Tells Podcast. What about email for McAfee? McAfee, you can email us at <laughs> ReaperGals at ReaperTales.com. Um, don't email us your so show suggestions. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I've had enough of this. Uh, <laughs> be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe. All of the things that you lovely listeners know to do, but for the few of you that might be new. Those all help us out, and we really appreciate it. And written reviews uh, do even more. So if you would be so kind to uh, drop us a note on a review, we'd appreciate it. Hey, and we see you when you do. Um, or one of us does. I don't look at them, do you? I'm always scared. I'm scared to look. I guess we're, what we talked about before we got on, on this show. Uh, I don't <laughs> take anxiety. Very well. <laughs> so uh, if it's a good one, take a screenshot and email it to me. If it's a bad one... Uh, I'm going to delete. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to delete you. Anyways. Um, I don't know what I'm going to call this. It was a really good like room name, but now I'm thinking, uh, turkeys out of the oven. Anyways, until <laughs> next time. Love you. Mean it. Bye. The Reaper will come.